Radio Lockdown is a Neptune podcast. Would you mind introducing yourselves for a podcast audience? Good morning. Good afternoon. My name is Jack of the Do's Poir podcast. Oh, I thought you were going to do me a big build-up. Fine, a girl will do her own introduction. Feminism. Um, And I am Liz, also of the Do's Poir podcast. Fantastic to have you both in... We're not the same room, in the same Skype room. Do you guys normally record over Skype? Is this normally your your setup? Yeah. Well, we're Zoomers, really, not generationally. We're not Zoomers generationally. We're just, we usually Zoom, but here we are Skyping. And now I know I can do fancy backgrounds, which obviously people listening can't see. It's a podcast. Um... Well, why don't you paint (laughs) us a word picture, Jack? Where are you at the moment? Yeah, use your words, Jack. Well, here's the thing. I can't really tell because I can only see myself in the tiny top corner. And I thought I was in some lovely botanical garden with a lovely European style <laughs> gate. Turns out it's a Halloween thing with flying pumpkins. So Wait, It's not just flying pumpkins. I think the flying pumpkins are actually like launching an attack. Um, <laughs> and what could be the zombie apocalypse? There it's crows. Um, the skies are very orange. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And here I was thinking that was some kind of botanical theme. I don't know. I think it's one of those sort of like, you know, Warshak tests, you yeah. know, like what are you, what are you feeling <laughs> inside, Jack? Is there something that you want to talk about? Are you like, are you not happy about Flowrider not going to Eurovision this oh, year? Oh, don't even talk about that. We'll get to that, I think, when we get to that, Elizabeth. That's true. We should mention we're a Eurovision podcast. <laughs> we should mention we're a Eurovision podcast, but don't push our host to bits he's not up to yet. I'm up to bits. Oh, oh good. I'm oh. always open to bits. Liz, bring me in on your bits and we'll, we'll drag oh. Jack kicking and screaming. Kicking and screaming, to. yeah. We are not a European podcast. We are the European podcast. <laughs> now, you did just say European and not Eurovision. Welcome to my life. <laughs> we cover it all. I'll we cover it, it all. We're, we're, not just, we're not just the sound of the new Eurovision, the new Europe as well. Why not? Um, this is a bold new direction for your podcast. I'm so excited yeah. that you came here to announce it. Oh, look, I like to think we discuss all things Eurovision and all things European, but we do it in a way that most podcasts don't. I think we do it with a healthy dose of Australian salt, shall we say. I agree. I completely <laughs> agree. In fact, we, you know what? We're not a European podcast, so to say. Mm. But you can't talk about Eurovision without talking about European politics, can you? Ask Liz about Hungary withdrawing from Eurovision. Oh, oh, oh. No, don't ask her too much. Oh my god, don't get she's me got like forty oh, minutes. My lord. Well, I'll oh get god. you. I'll get you to go off on that tangent, and I'll just fade that out as the end of the interview. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just <laughs> run on, Liz. Off you go. <laughs> and uh, I'll stop recording, Jack. You stop recording. We just let Liz fade to black. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it, don't, don't encourage him It wouldn't be the first time he does it While like, he just tur- leaves, turns the lights off And I'm still ranting about the Hungarian In an empty room government. Well, before we get to that That's, that's well at the other end um, Last time on the show You were talking about uh, how Eurovision 2020 was cancelled um, And you were, you were mounting a, a massive online campaign to bring it back It's come back but uh-huh. in 2021. Um, we so. did it. We won. Our petition yes. won. <laughs> you're, you're welcome, worlds. I like to think that was all us. <laughs> I, I definitely agree. Yeah. Um, so 
And now 2021 Eurovision is going ahead in Rotterdam, mm. but with some restrictions, it's all a bit different. How is that going to change the performances at Eurovision 2021? Look, I, I, we are definitely going into... Uh, you know, new territory. This is definitely a new one for the live performances. Um, I, th- I think it's going to be most interesting because every now and then, you know, you do get acts that aren't very good um, and they don't really have a lot to sort of sell. And when in doubt, they just rely on the, hey, everybody clap um, to try and make themselves look more popular and cool than they are. Um it's a bit harder, I think, to ramp up the crowd when there's like three people and a puppet um, <laughs> in the audience. Yeah, I think the total attendance is thirty five hundred people or something like that. Yeah, thirty five hundred. Yeah. So that's yeah. not that's not enough of a clap. You can't get a Mexican wave going in that crowd. Yeah, like a socially distant sort of you know Mexican wave. It's all quite you know kind of awkward. So I think uh, those people who would normally rely on that. Um, may take that out of the equation. Um, But then again, it might also liberate other people who are afraid of doing things on stage in case they make everybody, you know, angry Sylvia Knight style and (laughs) rush onto the stage booing and screaming, we hate you. They might be more inclined to go with it because 3,500, surely you can beat off that mob. Okay, if you're ever going to take a risk. Poor choice of words, Elizabeth. Poor choice of words. (laughs) You get a sore arm. Um, the thing is, though, they have been figuring out how national finals run without crowds. So because the vaccine wasn't rolled out enough to let even vaccinated crowds into the national finals, they pumped in crowd noises. And because you really only see the stage when yeah. you're watching Eurovision more or less, it should theoretically work pretty well. Like, they'll pump in the crowd noises. It'll feel like a regular Eurovision. We'll just know that it's not a regular Eurovision, you know? They'll just Mm. pan around the room and we'll see that the crowd noise is coming from nobody. Yeah, (laughs) just a guy with a boombox above his head. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh, there's one guy in the crowd just standing there, John Cusack style, giant, like, boombox (laughs) over his head. (laughs) But the other thing to consider is... Uh, what we could be looking at is maybe perhaps, uh, because obviously there are some people such as in Australia, uh, you know, Montaigne can leave the country, I guess, but she's not allowed to come back in. Um, uh, so she's actually uh, recording her performance and then uh, sending it, recording it live, and then uh, it will be performed at the semi final, <laughs> not the grand final. We're not making it through. That's another We are story. not making it through. <laughs> not with this song. Oh, no. it's terrible. Bring back Kate. Um, <laughs> but the other thing to consider is this might be something looking forward, especially for like the uh, the countries that are having financial issues and perhaps can't uh, don't represent each year because they can't afford to send people to you know to the European country for two weeks uh, <laughs> and all of the expense. Maybe perhaps this could be an alternative way for uh, countries to still compete at Eurovision in the future. Yeah. So. I mean, you mentioned a couple of things there that I was going to talk about, so I'm very excited. You've, God, we're good. You've signposted good. all of my interview. It's, you've done very, <laughs> it's beautiful. We know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, I did want to talk about Montaigne performing uh, live on tape, uh, which is a, it's a strange kind of format. So do you know mm. what's gone into that? Like how she's actually performed that? Um, I understand she's already recorded it. 
So yeah, yeah. So from what I understand, the EBU offered this to every country this year. Um, they said, "Look, we're doing a Eurovision. The gays are suffering. We're doing a Eurovision. Mm, mm, if you can't mm. make it, if you can't get to Rotterdam, you not you don't get your vaccines in time. You think you've got symptoms for whatever reason. We'll set out some guidelines. Um, so that's like set guidelines. That's like technological possibilities guidelines, just to make sure that everyone has the same kind of opportunity or same kind of like." standards i guess so no one gets an advantage um and then they go you can film it in your home country if you need to and send it to us and we will play that one on the night i actually rehearsals obviously have started they started over the weekend um i've been watching them religiously liz has been avoiding them like the plague Mm. and it's i haven't seen montaigne's yet which is weird because her spot in the running order has come up now i don't know if that's a technical thing i don't know if they're just like it's not a real rehearsal, so we won't bother with it. Mm. But yeah, I guess that's just. Well, I suppose she's not rehearsing because she's already exactly performed it. It's it. already done. It's, it's... Yeah. yeah, I actually have a theory about this. I have a theory is because they've seen the videotape and they've already binned it. Um, <laughs> because it's a terrible song. I have no doubt. We we saw actually perform it live at the Sydney uh, Mardi Gras. Um, it was even worse live. It has some – it's full of those really awful that, you know, singers like to pull out every once in a while when they think they're Celine Dion and give it a bit of a – that nobody likes to listen to. Um, so I have a feeling they've already got the videotape and, yeah, already binned it. That's why we haven't seen it. <laughs> they were already like, no, nah, that's not going through. We'll save everyone three minutes. They taped over it with a rerun of Frasier, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Mm, mm. I I would too, to be honest. Hey, baby, I hear yeah. the blues are calling. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> we should have said that. Up in the middle of the playlist. <laughs> yeah, woo! <laughs> oh my god, I would love that. But it's still oh Montaigne's god. video. It's just the audio <laughs> of Kelsey Grammer. With Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You know what? Honestly, I think that might be the only shot we have this year of going through. Yeah. You've got Flo Rida writing one song. You've got Kelsey Grammer performing another. I mean, it's it's all the Americans making their way into Eurovision this year. It's a stellar year. Can we say it's not actually it's not actually locked in stone that Flo Rida will be performing uh, actually at Eurovision on the stage when the rehearsals were done. You saw the rehearsal, Jack. Do you want to fill us in? They didn't actually have Flo Rida. They had Flo Rida. Faux Rider. Yes, that is right. Faux Rider. Hey, is apparently just a stand-in for the time being. Um, oh, I hope so. Yeah, well, Faux Rider is currently um, at a Miss Bikini International competition in Miami. Um, so they had like a like a Lisa Simpson in her Florida outfit just kind of standing there <laughs> as a stand-in. <laughs> I'm not a state, I'm a monster. <laughs> but the idea is that... Flow Rider will fill that position in the final performance. Oh, yeah. They had another rapper come in for the rehearsals just so they could figure out where he would stand, where he would move. Um, 
how oh, I need to you, do the camera shots, but yeah, I don't know. You you say that how you, nobody can control Flow Rider, and I don't believe it. I still believe Flow Rider is going to be descended onto the stage via wires. This is my prediction. His chest will be opened and oiled, and there will be wings. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so if you didn't see that in the rehearsal, I don't think you've seen their full rehearsal. Because it's Flow Rider. You can't just have Flow Riders like stroll onto stage at Eurovision. There has to be oil. There has to be wing. And you know what? Like, he will have like ladies scantily clad dropping down as well. <laughs> just dropping on him. They're not on wires. He is just <laughs> 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 falling. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh my god, it will be like that scene in World War Z where all the zombies just <laughs> start climbing over the wall. That will be the 3,500 people in the stage rushing onto Flowrider. That sounds very it now. COVID safe. Very, very, yeah. very responsible. <laughs> They'll all be vaccinated, it's fine. Have you seen in the rehearsals that people are doing like distanced blocking? Is that the sort of thing that's happening? Or is it just that everyone that's actually performing is vaccinated and like quarantined ahead of time so they can do all the same because they because they can be quite intimate like dancing and that intimate dancing it sounds very like conservative christian trying to ban dance but (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what you've been watching but i don't think it's been eurovision okay (laughs) yeah i'll go off and do my research but there can be some quite close you know tangoing and things like that you can't really do normally is that Mm. still happening this year or have they moved away from that in performance I think they're just, I think, I think they've done their quarantine. They've got their injections. It doesn't seem to be COVID distant. That could just be the performances that have rehearsed so far, but I think mm. 90% of them have been out there and it doesn't look like they're COVID distant. They've all got their backup dancers. Their backup dancers are all dancing with each other and the lead singer. So I don't think it's affecting how they perform. I just think it's affecting really the audience numbers. Yeah. The, yeah. the general environment. Yeah. And to, to be honest, if you're going to like, I mean, we all risk COVID every time we go to the shops to get a bread roll. Um, like if you're going to risk COVID for anything, you risk it for the Eurovision win. You know, <laughs> that's a fair trade off. You know, will I, will I slow grind on Flowrider for the Eurovision win? Yes, I will. I will roll that dice. That's uh yeah. So <laughs> I don't have a follow up to that. <laughs> How could you? How could the you? The question is, what? You, are you saying you guys wouldn't roll up on Flow Rider for the Eurovision win? I would. Yeah, I, I know you would, 100%. Would you, I, Justin? I suppose I would. You, it depends if I have to dodge the women that are falling from the ceiling. You do. <laughs> like, there, there yeah, might be a bit on, too much, you know, physical dexterity required <laughs> that I don't have in my current state. It's... It's Flowrider. Of course, you're going to have to avoid women falling from the from the That's sky. That's true. That's just an occupational hazard. Flowrider. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. You also mentioned uh, this is a unique Eurovision in that there are two songs for every entry. They performed a song last year, and then that was essentially stricken from the record, and now they're performing a new song. Is that? That's essentially how it's happened, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So yeah. are there any acts where you really preferred the song they did in 2020? Yes. I don't. Again, how much time have you got for Liz? I've got a world of time. <laughs> I'll throw it out there. Um, Australia yeah. had a better song last year, but only marginally better. Iceland, I know everyone was really on the Iceland train last year, and then comparatively his song this year has... Uh, this is Dari and Gagnamagnid, um, 
has paled in comparison, but it's starting to stand on its own. Um, shooting up the odds. By the way, Liz, Iceland, shooting up the odds right now. I didn't tell Woo! you that yet. But the, uh, I was going to say the other thing is that the, how this year is going to be different because there were acts that didn't get to perform last year who had amazing songs. I think you're also going to have that influence if you get people who might be voting for last year's song as well because they might be thinking Dardy was like so ripped off from last year they're like oh you should have won bless you this was the this was Iceland's first win um so you know maybe they're gonna be like you know what it's not as good as the other song but you should have won for the other song so you're gonna get my vote anyway so that's something else that I don't think the odds are sort of really taking into account um maybe now as they're starting to uh, go up. It doesn't matter. I th- I think the Roop's going to win anyway. But you know, Lithuania for those yeah, Lithuania. uninitiated. Well, the so you've got the I guess the idea of voting for songs, and th- th- this is a really interesting like political trend. You have like voting for songs and then voting for artists. It's almost like yeah. in the lead up to an election. You know, you have the polls in like Australian politics often follow the leadership of the party, but then on election day uh-huh. it follows like brand loyalty to the major parties. So you've almost got that for songs versus artists this year. I mean, it's all, it's all very political Mm. Eurovision and obviously one of the few. What? I know. I'm breaking this to our listeners. Uh, This may be news to them. Um, And it's one of the few, I guess, like I can't think of too many other arts competitions in the world where you just like pit two artists again. Like you don't get anyone like fine arts, (laughs) you know, like painting, (laughs) competitive against each other in a room with explosions going off in the background. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, how different would like the Archibalds be? <laughs> um if we introduced like bikini like people like oiled people in bikinis and pyrotechnics and flowrider. And flowrider. <laughs> oh, mix that shit up. Or it I don't know, the, the, it could be like the, you know, the what is it the Walkleys? It's like, you know, two riders enter, one rider leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Make it a bit more Thunderdome. <laughs> and obviously you've got that live element. I mean, you're talking about mm. being live on tape. So I understand that that's happening with uh, you basically get one shot to record because you would get one shot to perform live. Is that right? You don't get oh, to. Oh, I don't know about that. I never actually thought to question oh, it. That was my that was my understanding. Because, yeah, otherwise you can just keep, you know, until you get it right. But then that being said, if you stuff it up, you know what I mean? Like... Who's going to know what tape you put in the in I the suppose. Well, it Ooh. seems like Montaigne uh, went very legit because I was watching an interview just before this and she was saying apparently her voice broke on the final note and that's just the take they've had to use. So well, it must be a very strange experience. But I suppose the other thing is Eurovision has all of this, you know, flair and uh, excitement Where do you think a recorded, like a pre-recorded Eurovision, what could that do to performances if, as you say, it it was the way that things proceeded in future? Oh, I think it it would have to be a case of, it would have to come under very strict guidelines about what you could and you couldn't do. Because obviously you have countries where, say, you've got, um, you know, Kazakhstan and then you've got, you know, Russia, you have to put some kind of limits on it. Uh, Because as we saw, like when Russia 
uh, hosted, you know, the Eurovision stage. It was pretty much they had like, what was it, Jack? They had something like 90% of the world's like largest yeah. t- like L- LEDs in the country on the stage. Like they had inflatable tanks, inflatable polar bears. Like it was stuff that like Kazakhstan could never afford. So, yeah, I think you'd have to put very strict requirements just to let those – just to stop the really rich countries, I guess, sort of, you know – running away with it making an okay go video where it's a thousand drones forming a location yeah (laughs) (laughs) and there's like incidentally an artist in the corner of the shot or something like that yeah Yeah, exactly i think it was like 40 percent of the world's led screens in 2009 were on stage in moscow that's i think that's what it was and it was right before led tvs were like a thing yeah before everybody had them it was kind of like (gasps) oh Um, but then the whole performance, see, this is the whole thing. This is why live performance on the night, you never know. This is why the beauty of live, they, they pretty much, they had, you know, all the TVs, they had spent millions, tens of millions of dollars on this performance and their lead star, um, pop, uh, Russian pop icon, Dima Balan was almost taken out by a flying jacket. Um, (laughs) It's true performance. He's doing a very dramatic singing his song. He's walking along a catwalk. It's like a moving, you know, sort of ramp. He was supposed to take off his jacket and throw it away, except because he had, like, come in on wires, hit the jacket, sort of got thrown back in his face and, like, got caught up in his (laughs) wires, and he was almost suffocated by his own jacket. So... You know, that's live, baby. That's live. So you'd lose that if you had pre-recorded content, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Like there is there is always that risk. And the other um there's so there's so many pyrotechnics. There is always that thrill on the night. Is somebody gonna go up? Um you know, <laughs> there's a lot of feathers, there's a lot of people coated in baby oil. Um so you know, you uh you never know. It's we're always this close to a barbecue. <laughs> This chat's just reminding me why I love Eurovision so much. <laughs> Excellent. We should do this more often. Yeah, every day. It's uh, it's wonderful. Well, the, there was actually the year where um, uh, Hatari, uh, they did their BDS-inspired uh, act. And so obviously, bless them, they're there in a lot of, like, rubber and, like, you know, PC vinyl. Um they actually underestimated how close the pyrotechnics were some stage. And they were actually talking uh, afterwards about actually sort of like feeling the heat um, and wondering if their shoes were going to melt. So, you know, <laughs> God, yeah. I, you're right, Jack. I love Eurovision. It's I love best. Eurovision. <laughs> so I guess if you did them all pre-recorded, you would still have to have them in front. Like you'd have to do them like this over Skype. Where you do one performance, it has to be authenticated in front of like a Eurovision person that watches that one performance happen. No post-production, nothing. I just picture um, just one, uh, who's the, who's the um, ED of the EBU? I just picture him going to every live performance and just like downloading it into his suitcase so that he walks away (laughs) (laughs) on his private jet to the next one. (laughs) You can stream them in live because there's enough um, difficulty getting people to stream in for the voting at the end. Every time there's a representative that's on a massive delay. Yes, and mm. it's always the Moldovan or the Albanian, and I was like, hello, 40-second wait. 
Eight points go to... Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Can you tell us your score, please? Yes. 12 points. And then the camera will cut out. <laughs> and it'll just Has be like someone that. spoken to them about fixing their internet? Because I feel like we have a lot of people more competent <laughs> at working from home now. Like It's never a problem when they call the UK. And it's never a problem when they call France. And it's never a problem when they call Sweden and Norway. It's always... Uh, let's say lower budget broadcasters who Look, tend to struggle with it. It's not just that. Let's be honest. Eurovision is, and especially Eurovision final night, is a very special night. And if they are anything like that, I think there may be a lot of champagnes involved. Yeah. Uh, Definitely on my end. Yeah. There, there are people who, and oh my God, when they have one job to read out who gets their 12 points and they still manage to get it wrong um, and give them to wrong countries. It's fantastic. <laughs> the tension in the room. You're going to miss that with 3,500 people because you can't really plumb in. I mean, maybe they have. Maybe they've plumbed in some booze if people do say <laughs> the wrong votes. They just invited a bunch of Greek citizens to the stadium to boo because they they were very good at booing when they hosted back in 2006. That was a lot of booing that so year. A lot booing. of booing. Yes. Bless the Greek people. They were not shy in letting their feelings be known. Yes. Um, then again, Sylvia Knight did say she hates them. So give and take. She earned it. You can understand getting booed at that point. You'd hope for a fairly comprehensive soundboard. I wonder if it's one where like everyone can vote on their phones and then there's a, a yay or a boo <laughs> that gets played <laughs> through the system. That would be like the Hunger Games. Or like oh, the worm. Yeah. Bring back the worm. It's already basically. I love a the worm. <laughs> oh, the worm. Oh my god. Well, no, because seriously, honestly, the second that Flow Rider drops from that sky, oh, like the worm is going to explode. I tell you. <laughs> oh my god. I am so excited. It feels like we have been so long without Eurovision. So long. So so Too long. long. Yeah. All my sequins were getting rusty. I know. Who are you most keen for this year? <gasps> The Roop, 100% The Roop. Um, last year, I see, I think they were the dark horse for last year. I think they were actually going to snatch victory last year. Um, last year, they had the fire. This year, they're back with Discotech. Um, and I, apart from I love the song, it's so dancing. They have the crazy dance move that you can learn and do at home in time with the music. Any With like any coordinated good dance move. There's your winner right there, you know. I have to back Iceland. I wanted Malta to win. I saw their rehearsal. Malta are not going to win, so I'm um, bandwagoning and jumping ship. Um, (laughs) And I'm just going to back in Iceland. I think they deserved it last year. They've been the favourites twice before. Both times they came second, once to Sweden, once to Norway. Mm. Um, And I think they they had it in the bag last year and they, they were robbed of their opportunity. So I would like to see Iceland walk out champions this year. It would be justice. What country do you think would be a better host out of those two in like... Vilnius or Reykjavik. Oh, you've got to back Iceland on that, Liz. Surely the Icelanders would be superior hosts. It's kind of, I'm kind of torn because I think I would be happy for it to go to either of them because I would be so excited if either of those countries won. Um, do you know what I mean? It's just, it's such an underdog story, basically. Um, you know, if either of those countries win. Um, so I would be happy with either. 
to be honest. Um, and whichever country wants to fly us out, I am happy to support you more. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, Iceland, we have a we have a pitch on the podcast. So if you're listening, Iceland, um, woo woo, win this, uh, double your yes. population. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even if it's for like two weeks and fly us out. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> well, actually, Iceland, isn't it? They like they don't have mosquitoes. They've got very few spiders and no snakes. Yeah, I that's believe. the one. No mosquitoes. How good is that? Oh, How good is that? <laughs> I just picture all the Australians just listening to this and just going, no spiders, no snakes, no crocodiles. Pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> but it is quite cold, so you've got that, you know. I'll put a beanie on and you'll be fine. You can't do that with a crocodile. <laughs> Well, you can put it over the snout. They can't. Oh, what true. is it they've got? They don't have very good muscles to open their jaws. So you can put yeah. like a rubber band around it and then it stays stays shut. So just stick the beanie over the croc's mouth. Where is this podcast going? I Where don't we know. <laughs> I can't actually wait. There's, your, there's just... your next podcast episode. You need to go up north and be like, can I take out a crocodile with a beanie? There's your next episode. I would tune in for that. I think Darcy's going to be hosting alone after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose I should just get you to plug stuff. You know, go Jack, plug it. You've got use your sexy use your sexy podcast voice. Oh that you well, do. you can find uh, wrong, no, podcast. wrong podcast. Wrong, wrong podcast. Wrong podcast. Sorry, sorry. Podcast appropriate sexy. Podcast appropriate sexy. Okay. Um, you can find us on any good streaming service. We are on all the big ones, most of the little ones. Um, and obviously we're on social media. If you want more of this, I don't know how you would, but if you, if you did, <laughs> you, uh, at Do's World Podcast on Facebook and Instagram as well. Also, Do's News, last episode is next week. So how exciting. That'll be fine. Then it'll just be us talking our way through every Eurovision song ever sent from every country every year. For the rest of our lives, it feels like at this point. And that'll be that'll be up by the time you're listening to this, uh, listener. Exactly, yes. So, uh, yeah, this is going to go up, I think, on... I'm not going to commit myself to a time for the listeners. I think it's going to be the uh, Friday or Saturday of, like, Eurovision weekend. So, well, well, then we'll be right in the middle of Luxembourg. There you absolutely. go. Absolutely. Well, there you go. Living the dream. And yeah. at some point, I'm going to hijack your podcast and we're going to talk about Morocco. <laughs> Yes, it is the country with one entry that we have decided will be the longest ever podcast we put out, I think. I'm going to give you so many Morocco facts. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I'm just going to... I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm going to do so much Morocco research. <laughs> uh, until then, you can find uh, Douzepois at the links in the show notes. They're going to be Woo. there on whatever platform you're listening to this on. You've found this so you can find them. Uh, and <laughs> you can follow us. We have our new domain name. You can follow us at neptunetoday.horse, uh, <laughs> the best domain in the world. And you can tune in to Dispoir in a couple of weeks and listen to me bang on about Morocco. That's right. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Until then, uh, thank you so much for joining me. You're wonderful. Thank you for having oh. us. <laughs> You've been listening to Radio Lockdown, a Neptune podcast. Oh, I'm so excited for Eurovision. I have to actually watch it this year. It'll be great. Are you coming to the parties? We're both having parties. You're both having parties. The same party or separate parties? No, separate parties. We run in very different circles. We don't associate <laughs> socially. Okay, this is important. Yep. Uh, I yeah. will... Uh,
make you fight in the artist <laughs> Thunderdome. The war police. You guys can compete to have me at your party. <laughs> Good. Awesome. By writing a 1,000 word essay with a crocodile and flow rider on fire covered in body oil behind you. Love it. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted.